From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome once again to Washington Watch. Coming up on the international front, Hong Kong's last print edition of the last remaining pro-democracy newspaper was quickly sold out today in Hong Kong. The paper was forced to cease operations after a crackdown last week by police. This action comes as a result of the new national security law put in place by the Chinese Communist Party. We'll talk more about it later. House Republicans again trying to get a vote on the House floor on the no taxpayer funding of abortion. I have consistently, no fewer than 50 occasions, voted against federal funding for abortions. Those of us who are opposed to abortion should not be compelled to pay for them, so said Senator Biden. I totally agree. I ask unanimous consent that the Committee on Energy and Commerce, Ways and Means, and Judiciary be discharged from further consideration of H.R. 18 and ask for its immediate consideration in the House. That was New Jersey Congressman Chris Smith, who is the chair of the Pro-Life Caucus, actually quoting former Senator, now President Joe Biden. The Democratic chair ruled against the request. Why has the Democratic Party become so opposed to even allow to even allow a vote on protecting taxpayers from being forced to fund abortion. Congressman Smith joins us in just a moment. The chairman of the Joint Chiefs, General Mark Milley, became a bit defensive yesterday on Capitol Hill when Florida Congressman Mike Waltz cited several sources pointing to the woke agenda being pushed through the ranks of the military. And I personally find it offensive that we are accusing the United States military, our general officers, our commissioned, non-commissioned officers of being, quote, woke or something else because we're studying some theories that are out there. That was started at Harvard Law School years ago. Congressman Waltz joins us later here on Washington Watch. Speaking of the military, the Army did an about-face on punishing a chaplain who had spoken out in support of DOD policy when it was in place prior to the Biden administration. The policy prohibited transgenderism in the military. Mayor Andrew Calvert will now be able to stay in the military and finish out his 16-year career. General Jerry Boykin joins me to talk about that. A new poll commissioned by Summit Ministries makes very clear American, Americans value religious freedom and oppose public policy initiatives that will undermine that freedom. Dr. Jeff Myers, president of Summit Ministries, is here to share their findings. And we'll get an update from Gene Mills, president of the Louisiana Family Forum, on the effort to override Louisiana Governor John Bell Edwards in his veto of the Fairness in Women's Sports Act. Gene will also share with us how you can help. The website, TonyPerkins.com. If you're on the free speech platform of Gab, it's at Tony underscore Perkins. All right, a couple of things to, uh, to remind you of this coming Tuesday. June the 29th, 1230 to 430 p.m. will be uh, FRC Action. We'll be hosting a school board boot camp. Now, there are folks all across this country wanting to get involved and push back on this leftist indoctrination that is happening in schools all across America. We're going to help you. Uh, we have this uh, boot camp scheduled. Experts will be on there talking about the issues, how you talk about these issues, how you detect what's happening in your schools, and uh, we'll have uh, campaign experts there also to tell you how you can organize a campaign to run for the school board. That's this coming Tuesday at uh, 1230 to 430 Eastern Time. 
To find out more, go to TonyPerkins.com. Right under Episode Resources, click on that tab, and you'll see at the very top how you can register for this school board boot camp. Also, uh, coming up to the very end of our fiscal year, and we still have a match out there if you would be willing to partner with us. And I, again, want to say thank you to all of you who have uh, partnered with us and are making Washington Watch possible. Thank you. Uh, if, if you've not yet done so, I would encourage you to do so. We've got team members standing by to take your phone call, 800-225-4008. That's 800-225-4008 if you would like to partner with Washington Watch and the Family Research Council. All right, New Jersey Congressman Chris Smith on Tuesday offered a unanimous consent resolution for the House to pass the No Taxpayer Funding of Abortion Act. Now, uh, this measure would make permanent the Hyde Amendment. Now, for those who may be new, the Hyde Amendment has been around since 1976. It's named for the former the Congressman Henry Hyde, who is now deceased. He was an Illinois Republican. Uh, this w- came in the wake of Roe v. Wade and abortion, elective abortions that were being funded through uh, Medicaid. And so this prohibited, since 1976, it's been a rider, it's been an amendment to every appropriation bill that uh, Medicaid dollars, tax dollars, would not be used to fund elective abortions. Now, this was the case until the $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan signed into law on March the 11th by President Joe Biden. It's also been excluded from his federal budget. House GOP leaders have been working hard to make this an issue and to protect taxpayers from being forced into partnership with Planned Parenthood and other abortion providers. Joining me now to talk more about this is Congressman Chris Smith of New Jersey. He represents the 4th Congressional District. He is the senior member of the Foreign Affairs Committee. Uh, He is also the co-chair of the Tom Lantos Human Rights Commission the uh, ranking member on the Congressional Executive Commission on China, and he has been a long, long-time champion for life, uh, and he joins us now. Congressman, welcome back to the program. Thank you so very much, Tony. I really appreciate it. And, um, you yeah. I, I just want to ask you, uh, point blank, why are the Democrats so opposed to even having a vote on whether or not taxpayers should be forced to fund abortion? As you quoted from the House floor, Yesterday, this was a position that Joe Biden held for years. Matter of fact, Joe Biden even said that in one point in 1994 that he had voted for funding bans like the Hyde Amendment 50 times and said that none of us should be compelled, uh, coerced, my words, but he said compelled, uh, to pay for abortions and to subsidize them. Uh, he's done a complete about face. Uh, I think it is. It is a tragedy beyond words, and I am baffled as to why the Democrats will simply not allow an up or down vote on H.R. 18, the No Taxpayer Funding for Abortion Act. We've got 169 co-sponsors. They could vote against it. They could speak out against it. Uh, But my concern is that they're going to do an appropriations bill, all the bills, take out all of the pro-life riders, as we call it, uh, laws that, that ensure that we are not complicit by funding abortion, and, and, and then just bring it to the floor with no opportunity to vote whatsoever on the, on the language. So it's, it's very, very 
Uh, they're trying to do it stealthily. Uh, we're trying to say, let's have a full-scale debate and vote that the American people see it all. Now, just so our listeners and viewers understand this, Congressman Smith, this has been the status quo for decades. Yes, uh, it has. Both, both parties have said, yeah. Both parties. Um, I mean, at one point when I first got here in 1980, we had about 80 pro-life Democrats who would vote for it. Uh, but there were even people who took the other side on the right to life who felt that taxpayers should not be uh, against their conscience forced, compelled, coerced into funding abortion on demand. And, uh, and now that has gone away, and a new extremism has taken hold, uh, and we're now dealing with this situation uh, where, absent the filibuster, uh, with Joe Biden ready with his pen to sign uh, the repeal of the Hyde Amendment, uh, uh, we, we really are in a very, very tough battle. So, Congressman Smith, let me ask you a question. Why has that changed? Why is this no longer a bipartisan issue, uh, not, not abortion, but simply forcing taxpayers to fund something they're morally opposed to? Well, I think we've seen this in the states. We've seen it uh, with the progressives. There has been a, you know, the, the Democratic Party of old has been hijacked, uh, in my opinion. Uh, yes, they they had pro-life Democrats for a long, long time uh, in the House of Representatives. They simply don't exist anymore. They've been primaried out of their office uh, in one election after the other. Uh, so over time, we got down to zero. And the pro-life Democrats were always a very potent force uh, in their caucus uh, to try to get, uh, you know, funding bans like the Hyde Amendment uh, enacted into law. So there's 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 a new extremism. It's very unhealthy. Obviously, it's 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 deleterious to the unborn child. Uh, Joe Biden is a is an example. Used to be with us on the funding issue. Now he's diametrically opposed. And frankly, when you look what he's doing internationally, uh, repealing the Mexico City and all the promotion of abortion globally and domestically by executive orders, uh, he has become the abortion president uh, in in a very few days. And I, I like I said, I can't be more disappointed. Uh, what has happened uh, that he has done such an about face? Uh, Congressman Smith, I, I would think the reverse or the flip side of this coin is I've also seen the Republican Party become more pro-life. That's an excellent point. Our entire caucus conference, GOP conference, is now pro-life. Uh, it used to be that we would have 10 to 15 to 20 members of the GOP in the House of Representatives who are on the other side. Uh, so. While they've become the abortion party, we have become the party of life. Uh, and I couldn't be prouder of my colleagues. We have seen a huge increase in articulate and effective pro-life women uh, over the last election cycles, including the most recent, uh, who they debate uh, extraordinarily well uh, and, and they carry the debate. And it's so good to have them here. But we need to realize that we need to get to a majority uh, in order to defend, to the greatest extent possible, uh, the right to life of these innocent babies. So th this, is, this has become an issue of the party priorities. If you want pro-life policies, you have to, to elect Republicans who adhere to the party platform. If you want pro-abortion right. policies, stick with the Democratic Party. Uh, before we run out of time, uh, Congressman Smith, you have been a champion for human rights uh, abroad. I want to get you to comment on the, the news today that Hong Kong, last edition of the pro-democracy newspaper, flew off the, uh, the, the newsstands this morning. 
as a result, they're ceasing operations as a result of the crackdown under this new security law by the Communist Party? Well, there's no doubt that Xi Jinping, the dictator of China, uh, has methodically incarcerated, butchered in some cases, certainly tortured uh, people in Hong Kong and throughout China, throughout Xinjiang with the genocide that is Xi Jinping's genocide. Uh, we have a situation where it goes from bad to worse just about every single day. Uh, all, the, all while uh, the Beijing Genocide Olympics are about to happen in the year 2022, uh, I actually chaired a hearing uh, about a month ago on the Lantos Commission, and we heard from very distinguished witnesses. Uh, and my point is, move to a different venue, another city, not in China, uh, and, or boycott the Olympics. And uh, some people are talking about a diplomatic boycott, which I think would be absolutely ineffective in conveying uh, the horror of having an Olympic Games with all the fanfare. This isn't about sports. You know, it, 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 Xi Jinping sees it as a political uh, coup for him, uh, while simultaneously there's a genocide. It's reminiscent of the Nazi Olympics yeah, in 1936. Absolutely. Congressman Chris Smith, we're out of time. Uh, I've got to get you back on to talk more about China. Uh, we you. share that concern about what is happening in that country, but greater concern is that they're exporting it and uh, their means of repression is not staying within the borders of China. Congressman, thanks so much for your leadership you, uh, here in the United States and your influence domestically, uh, domestically and internationally. We appreciate it. Really appreciate you. Thank you, Tony. Congressman Chris Smith of uh, New Jersey, a champion for the unborn. All right, don't go away. When we come back, uh, we're going to be joined by Florida Congressman Mike Waltz, who, uh, well, uh, the uh, joint chairman of the Joint Chiefs didn't like what he had to say. We'll talk about it next. What is Roe versus Wade and what did it do? The Supreme Court's 1973 decision ruled that abortion is protected under the U.S. Constitution, striking down many state abortion restrictions and severely limiting the extent to which states could write their own abortion laws. The Supreme Court's limitations on states to legislate abortion restrictions depends on the trimester of a pregnancy. For instance, Roe disallows states from restricting abortions in the first trimester, but allows some restrictions on abortions in the third trimester. What Roe doesn't do is require states to have any restrictions. Abortion through all nine months of pregnancy is the default, unless Congress or the individual states pass laws restricting it. That leaves a lot of room for unrestricted abortions. For a full explanation of how Roe v. Wade liberalized abortion laws, go to frc.org explainer. That's frc.org explainer. After the recent wave of media censorship, are you struggling to find a conservative, relevant, and Christian platform where you can find out what's really going on? Here at Family Research Council, we believe that Americans have a right to exercise their freedom of speech and share their stories with the world. If you're ready to hear the facts that the left doesn't want you to know about, then head over to frcblog.com to check out our latest blog posts. We cover a wide range of issues you and your family care about, all written by our policy, government affairs, and biblical worldview experts. We discuss topics that other media platforms won't, like changes in pro-life policy, current events that affect Christians internationally, sexuality from a biblical perspective, and insights into the bigger picture of the shift in American culture. To stay up to date on current news related to faith, 
family, and freedom, visit frcblog.com. That's frcblog.com. Would you like to spend more time in God's Word? Then join Family Research Council on an exciting journey through the Bible with their Stand on the Word Bible Reading Plan. FRC's two-year Bible reading plan helps you to approach daily Bible reading with an intentional focus of diving deeper into the nature of God and how His Word speaks into cultural issues. By studying the Bible, we can see the grandeur of God unfold throughout the past. This reading plan takes you through the Bible as events happen in history. Laying out the scripture every day in an engaging manner, it is key to helping us stay grounded in God's truth. All wisdom comes from God, and He has given us the Bible as a way to understand the world. Start reading today with Family Research Council. When you sign up, we text you every Sunday with daily passages and questions that help prepare you for conversations with your friends and family. To begin this journey, visit frc.org Bible. Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm your host, Tony Perkins. So good to, uh, to have you with us. Yesterday, while testifying before Congress Joint Chiefs Chair, General Mark Milley, was asked about the teaching of critical race theory at West Point, the, uh, the elite military academy, and the efforts there to invoke wokeness into our nation's military. Now, Florida Congressman Mike Waltz, a Green Beret, uh, the only one actually to serve in Congress, He read a letter quoting the superintendent of West Point, where he said, quote, with regards to critical race theory, there is one course that has this theory as a part of the syllabus. There are two lessons on critical race theory. There is a book on critical race theory titled Critical Race Theory and Introduction. Now, according to the National Review, Waltz noted that the issue of critical race theory was not dug up by lawmakers, but brought to him and his attention by cadets, by families, by soldiers who were concerned about the spread of this theory, which is rooted in Marxism and that labels an entire race of people as oppressor or oppressed. Now, going on quoting from the National Review, perhaps more alarming, Waltz noted that West Point hosted a seminar titled Understanding Whiteness and White Rage and led by Carol Anderson, who has called Trump a white nationalist, and called the GOP party a white, uh, of white nationalism and added that Trump and the GOP were working to destroy democracy and the American people. Well, Congressman Waltz's uh, questioning did not sit well with General Milley. Here is how the general responded. And I personally find it offensive that we are accusing the United States military, our general officers, our commissioned, non-commissioned officers, of being, quote, woke or something else because we're studying some theories that are out there. That was started at Harvard Law School years ago. Uh, Joining me now to talk more about this is Congressman Mike Waltz, who represents uh, Florida. He uh, is a member of the House Foreign Affairs Committee. Congressman, uh, welcome back uh, to the program. Hey, good to be with you, Tony, and thanks so much for covering this. All right. I mean, you, you, you laid it out very, very clearly. This is not something that uh, members of Congress have uh, drummed up somewhere. This is, this is all over the place. We're hearing this. We're hearing it. I'm hearing it. Listeners to my radio program who happen to be in the military are emailing me about it. It is permeating our nation's military. Well, well that's right. And, and the premier leadership institution uh, that produces the future leaders uh, of, 
of the Army and of the military are service academies, uh, from which the current Secretary of Defense himself graduated. Uh, and these concerns, I'm so glad you pointed that out. This isn't, you know, the mainstream media wants to portray this as, you know, some kind of GOP talking point and culture war. These were brought to me by cadets, by families, by parents, by soldiers who are incredibly alarmed, who find these types of teachings to be very, very divisive, bad for morale, horrible for cohesion. Uh, and, uh, you know, I could tell you from my 25 years uh, in the Army as a Green Beret, I cannot imagine something more destructive. When I came in, uh, we were told, you know, shave your head, wear the same uniform. You now wear, you now bleed Army green. Right. Uh, the only thing that matters in terms of skin color is camouflage. And I could tell you for sure, terrorist Chinese bullets. Uh, on the battlefield when you're in that foxhole uh, could care less about all of these things. Uh, and so, you know, when we have classes on how to deal with your whiteness and white rage and, and, you know, critical race theory being taught, I think the thing that General Milley really is missing, you know, I have a lot of respect for him and his service, but what he's missing is this: these aren't history classes. These aren't things of a bygone era that we want, you know, cadets to understand. Of course, I want uh, our future leaders to understand our history, our checkered past with race, and to have a diverse military. But this is an activist indoctrination that is going on right now as we speak that teaches uh, our future military leaders that our Constitution and our foundational institutions in this country, our court system, our political system, is bad, is evil, is fundamentally racist, misogynist, and colonialist, and if you, you know, listen to Dr. Carol Anderson and some of her cohorts, need to be resisted and opposed and torn down. That's one thing for a kid out in a university somewhere in California uh, to, to be taught, but to teach those that will one day have their finger on the button, to me, is incredibly destructive to our democracy, and I'm going to call it out every single chance I get. And eventually, I believe we are going to be able to legislate it uh, out of uh, our military academies. Uh, Congressman Waltz, he responded, and I think it was a part of it, was in that clip. He talk, I, no, maybe it wasn't. It, it, later on, he said, you know, I studied uh, Mao. I studied Marxism. Uh, that doesn't make me a communist. Well, to your point, it's one thing to study these things as history, but that's not what they're doing with these theories. They're actually putting them into practice to try to, as you said, divide those who serve in our nation's military based upon their skin color. Yeah, and when he also said, and of course the media isn't playing this part, that he needs to learn more about these theories. Uh, and, you know, the other part they're missing is that when I held up the, 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 you know, the seminar of dealing with whiteness and white rage and asked the Secretary of Defense uh, if he agrees that this should be taught, uh, he, he agreed with me that it should not. Uh, and so that part they're leaving out, I, you know, they need to understand there is a big difference between teaching history and indoctrination and right. activism, uh, a massive difference. And that latter is what these guest lecturers who are highly, highly politicized uh, are. That's exactly what they're doing. And they're doing it to the very core of our officer corps uh, uh going forward. Uh, and that is not a way to move this country forward. It's a way to move the country backwards. But it's also a threat to national security because our military is focused on things that uh, uh, is contrary to being focused on fighting and winning wars. 
Well, that's absolutely right. In every one of these classes where they're learning this stuff, uh, they're not learning to shoot, move, and communicate and defeat our adversaries. So there's an opportunity cost there. And I have to tell you, Beijing, Moscow, uh, you know, Tehran, uh, they they just have to be laughing all the way, uh, 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 you know, all all, all the way to their palaces. But it's just got to stop. It calls for... It calls for a course correction, and hopefully we can get there. Congressman Mike Waltz, we're out of time. I want to thank you for joining us, and thank you for standing up to uh, to defend those in our nation's military and to defend our nation's military so that we can be a safe and free country. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, thank you. And folks, uh, don't go away. We're going to be uh, we're going to be talking more about this a little bit later. General Jerry Boyke and our own general is going to be joining us. We're going to talk about this and some good news. A a chaplain. Uh, winning a case against the military for this very same thing. So we're going to be talking about that. But coming up next, we're going to be looking at a poll. Americans prize religious freedom, and they want it. Stick with us. We're coming back on the other side of the break. Don't go away. Where do you get your news? Do you have confidence you're getting the full truth? If you want to stay up to date on conservative news and are looking for Christian resources to help you stay politically engaged, then download Family Research Council's Stand Firm app. With all of our content available at your fingertips, you will conveniently be able to stay up to date throughout your busy day. The Stand Firm app will give you access to a variety of resources, such as our most recent radio programs, social media posts, and publications. Additionally, you will have the opportunity to take action and make your voice heard by contacting your elected officials on the issues that most concern you. Visit the App Store on your smartphone or mobile device and search Stand Firm to download Family Research Council's official Stand Firm app. Stay informed with a trusted source. Again, search Stand Firm to download the Stand Firm app. As the political and cultural landscape of our nation has shifted in a concerning direction, it is so important for Christians to be equipped with biblical answers for the difficult questions of our time. That is why Family Research Council created our Biblical Worldview series. With the political left changing definitions to favor their narrative and to push their agenda, at times it can be hard to decipher what is true. That is why we must hold to the truth of the Bible, which stands the test of time. It holds the truth that does not change. Become equipped to stand firm in the face of cultural and political storms with FRC's Biblical Worldview series. This series dives deep into what the Bible says about some of the most crucial issues of our day. You'll learn what the Bible teaches on abortion, same-sex marriage, the separation of church and state, religious freedom, and the age-old question, should Christians be involved in politics? To access this series, visit frc.org worldview. That's frc.org worldview. This is Washington Watch. I'm Tony Perkins. The website, TonyPerkins.com. And again, we've got uh, team members standing by to take your phone call if you'd like to partner with us. 800 for well, let me get the number here real quick. 800-225-4008. 800-225-4008. We have a match out there. Anything you give will be doubled. You can also give online at TonyPerkins.com. And again, let me remind you, boot camp. School Board Boot Camp coming up this Tuesday. Find out more, go to TonyPerkins.com. A new poll commissioned by Summit Ministries on Religious Freedom 
found American support for religious freedom is overwhelming and it is bipartisan. Yet Democrats in Congress are pushing measures like the Equality Act that would require churches and faith-based organizations to hire people who oppose their religious beliefs, as well as undermining religious freedom in speech, business, and other areas of life. Did these findings spell trouble for the Democratic agenda in Congress? Well, here to talk about it, Dr. Jeff Myers, president of Summit Ministries. Jeff, welcome to the program. Thank you, Tony. Great to see you. So uh, this is pretty strong. 82% of Americans say freedom of religion is important to a healthy American society. It's 82% of people overall. But what's amazing is it's 79% of Democrats who say that religious freedom is essential to a good society. There is no debate on this. In fact, only 9% of people think that religious freedom is not a good idea. Tony, as I said on a news show a couple of days ago, there are more people who think they've been visited by aliens than who think that religious freedom is not important. And yet Congress continues to push ahead with diminishing it whenever they have the opportunity. Well, the findings of this, and you specifically ask about whether or not an organization should be forced to hire people that believe differently than them. Um, What were the numbers on that? Well, the the numbers were that 50% of people say they oppose charities, faith-based organizations, from being required to hire somebody who opposes their beliefs. And as you mentioned in the introduction, that's a key component of the Equality Act that is that is going to be before the Senate here before very long. It essentially says that re- the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, which was a bipartisan act passed in 1993. Ted Kennedy pushed it through the Senate. Chuck Schumer pushed it through the House, and Bill Clinton signed it. So there was no disagreement that religious freedom is important. It specifically says in the Equality Act that religious freedom is not a defense if anything you are doing can be perceived as hurting people who perceive themselves to be transgender specifically. So only 20% of Americans believe that churches and faith-based organizations should be required to hire people who oppose their religious beliefs. I mean, that stands in direct contrast to the Equality Act and what the Democratic Party is pushing. Uh, It is in direct contrast to it. Now, 30 percent of Americans aren't sure. So, Tony, we still have our work cut out for us and educating the public about this. But that should be good news. Americans are not interested in forcing churches and charities to do things that they don't want to do. And that's why it's so significant, the case that you've been talking about that just came down from the Supreme Court in Philadelphia. Americans are on the side of the Supreme Court, and that was a nine-to-nothing decision. This should be a warning shot across the bow to radicals in Congress who are trying to push a a leftist agenda on this question. So, Dr. Jeff Myers, (laughs) any surprises for you in this poll that you commissioned? You know, I, I think probably the biggest surprise is how many people aren't familiar with these issues. Now, it, it, it seems like as much as this gets talked about in the news media, it, it, people should be better informed maybe and have a, a better sense of what's going on. But again, uh, Americans are not the kind of people who, who think that politics is at the center of everything. They want to be able to live their lives. They want to have freedom. They hope that their leaders will do well for them. But I I think that was probably the biggest surprise. So continuing to inform people, let our neighbors know, talk about religious freedom. That is the first freedom. 
It is the first freedom mentioned right. in the First Amendment to the Constitution. I think that is that we just continue to have our work cut out for us and in informing people of how the Constitution is is important. Yeah, I actually I don't I don't think the media is talking about it as much as they used to, especially when it is in conflict with the LGBTQ uh, priorities. And I think there's been a silencing in the secular media for sure. Uh, Christian media still talks about this. But I think that's why you have such a large percentage that's undecided or unsure, because there's not been a healthy discussion about this. Uh, there hasn't. And, and what we refer to as the LGBTQ agenda has placed itself on the railroad tracks right in front of the train of co the constitutional protection of the freedom of religion. And so there will be a collision at some point, and their hope is to derail that train, to diminish the significance of the Constitution. And I, I, I'm not sure that I, I think you're, you make a great point. I'm not sure the media is really prepared to talk about that. But Americans will eventually, you know, this isn't these are two agendas yeah. that are standing against one another at this point. And unfortunately, it does not look right now like there is any kind of a good way forward other than just to protect the Constitution and well, Jeff, I appreciate you joining us today. As always, great to talk with you. Appreciate the great work you do at Summit Ministries. And uh, thanks for sharing this information with us here today on Washington Watch. Thank you, Tony. Dr. Jeff Myers, uh, Summit Ministries. To find out more about their ministries, go to TonyPerkins.com. Uh, Biblical Worldview is what they do. Great, uh, great training out there in uh, Colorado. All right, when we come back, General Jerry Boykin joins me. We're going to be uh, talking about a victory today for a chaplain where the military did an about-face. They were trying to penalize him for supporting policy that was actually military policy, but then there was a change of administration. Uh, we're going to be talking about that, and uh, we're going to get him a comment on something that Senator Cotton said on this program Tuesday. So don't go away. General Boykin joins me next, and later we're going to hear from Gene Mills in Louisiana as citizens try to override the governor. Get a trusted perspective on the news of the day every day. Listen to Washington Watch with Tony Perkins to get honest and in-depth commentary on what's going on in our nation's capital and around the world. Join Family Research Council President Tony Perkins live every weekday by tuning into Washington Watch on the American Family Radio Network, Bot Radio, the KTLW Radio Network, and independent Christian radio stations across the country. Or listen to the show when it works for you by visiting TonyPerkins.com. Since the Supreme Court decided Roe v. Wade in 1973, over 60 million people are now missing from our country due to legalized abortion. Public opinion, our knowledge of law, and scientific advancements demonstrate that Roe should by no means be considered settled law. Roe is an abomination in our country's history, and it's time for the horrendous practice of legalized abortion to end. To learn more about the legal, historical, and cultural reasons to overturn Roe v. Wade, go to frc.org Roe. The Equality Act sounds like good legislation and something that ought to have bipartisan support, but it doesn't. Why? Because the Equality Act, paradoxically, would spur inequality. It is Trojan horse legislation that would hinder equality and would massively overhaul our federal civil rights framework. The stated purpose of the bill is to prohibit discrimination on the basis of sex, gender identity, and sexual orientation. The real effect of this bill would not be to eliminate discrimination, but to erase the freedom to hold a different opinion. The Equality Act would mandate government-imposed inequality by requiring acceptance of a particular ideology about sexual ethics, while leaving no room for legitimate public debate. Simply put, 
the Equality Act mandates an anti-life, anti-family, and anti-faith agenda throughout federal law and would be a disaster for all Americans. To learn more about the inequality of the Equality Act, visit frc.org equalityact. Since June of 2015, over 12,000 Christians have been killed in Nigeria. This violence has reached a point at which experts are warning of a progressive genocide specifically targeting Christians across Africa's largest and most economically powerful nation. Yet this violence often goes unreported in the media, and if reported, is seriously downplayed. To learn more about what is actually taking place in Nigeria, along with other countries where Christians face persecution, visit frc.org Nigeria. Did you know that Planned Parenthood is the biggest abortion supplier in the U.S.? According to Planned Parenthood's most recent annual report, it committed 354,871 abortions in fiscal year 2019, up by over 9,000 abortions since 2018. According to these numbers, Planned Parenthood aborted 972 babies every single day. To learn more about what Planned Parenthood is really doing, visit frc.org slash Planned Parenthood facts. Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm your host, Tony Perkins. So good to have you with us. The website, TonyPerkins.com. And let me again remind you, coming up on Tuesday of next week, we'll have our first school board boot camp. If you, uh, you've been stirred by what's been happening across the country and in your schools, uh, the indoctrination that's taking place, well, you can make a difference. Don't just curse the darkness. Shine a little light. Uh, join us uh, for this school board boot camp. You can go to TonyPerkins.com. Under Episode Resources, click on the button. It's the first thing at the top. You can register and be a part. But you have to register. can't just show up at the last minute, so uh, go there now. Also, uh, team members standing by to take your call. We're in the final days of our uh, fiscal year end, and we have uh, a generous match that's been put forward by some of our donors that wants to make sure that uh, Washington Watch stays on the airwaves. We're here simply because of your support. We receive no government money, uh, none whatsoever. It's all because of folks like you across the country that want the truth to get out, as we were just talking about with uh, Jeff Myers. This kind of stuff isn't talked about in the media. They don't want you to know. So give us a call, 800-225-4008, and partner with us. That's 800-225-4008. All right, a victory today. First Liberty Institute, with whom we uh, work quite a bit, especially when it comes to religious freedom in the military, uh, they were defending a chaplain, Major Andrew Calvert, who had spoken out in a private post in support of DOD policy, policy that happened to be in place prior to the Biden administration, and this was prior to the Biden administration, simply supporting the, uh, the policy that did not allow transgenderism in the military. And for that... He was being reprimanded, and quite frankly, it looked like his career was over. Joining me now to talk about the outcome of this and more, our own Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin. General, welcome back to the program. Thank you. Good to be here. So good news today. Very good news today, and uh, this is a real victory for, for liberty, quite frankly. Not, uh, not just first liberty, but for liberty in general, and, and, a, and a victory, I think, for a lot of people that got in behind this chaplain to include our coalition. And, and, and if I recall correctly, most of those that you uh, that have come to our attention that we've gotten involved in, uh, they have ended successfully. They really have. And uh, we've had a marvelous 
partnership with First Liberty Institute, and uh, they call us as soon as they get a, you know, get a case. They call us, and then we our first question is, what do you want yeah. us to do? And uh, we always follow through with uh, rallying support for these people, getting uh, getting members of Congress uh, fired up about it, and uh, getting petitions out that we have people sign. Uh, and uh, we we have uh, we've had very good success uh, working with First Liberty Institute and uh, and seeing uh, these chaplains uh, having uh, the initial judgments against them reversed. Yeah, we commend First Liberty for the great work that they do. Uh, it, it is certainly a, a, a team effort. Um, but this is designed to have a chilling effect. Now, back during the Obama administration, we actually had a hotline set up for. Mm-hmm. Uh, members to communicate with us anonymously or privately right. uh, so that we could follow up with us. We got a lot uh, that came in through that. I, I imagine that's something we're going to have to do again mm-hmm. under the, the woke policies of, uh, yeah. of this administration. And speaking of that, um, uh, earlier in the program, I had Congressman Mike Waltz of Florida on talking about the, uh, the comments from the chairman of the Joint Chiefs uh, defending what the United States Army is doing, and uh, in particular what was happening uh, at the top military school for the Army. Uh, the indoctrination with the CRT uh, in this wokeness. But I, I want to go, I want to play a clip. This is from earlier this week, Tuesdays. Uh, Tom Cotton, Senator Cotton of Arkansas was on. We were discussing the same thing because he's uh, now taking information in from members of the con- uh, members of the military who are being indoctrinated, facing this critical race theory and all this other stuff. And he was talking about that, but I, I, I want to focus on one aspect. What he says might be part of the remedy, and I'm going to get you to comment on that. Play that uh, clip from Senator Tom Cotton. You know, there are not that many generals in our military, and it wouldn't be that hard to scrutinize their commands and to see whether or not they permitted or even encouraged these kind of quasi-struggle sessions in their command. Uh, and that may be something that we have to start considering um, if the uh, Department of Defense doesn't take this seriously. Now, some of this is um, – some of this I, I think it's good just that you're talking about it, that I'm highlighting in these hearings, that we have this whistleblower uh, site, uh, because it shines a lot of sunlight on the problem. And a lot of these commanders probably don't want the political controversy and they'd be happy to fight, again, to focus on fighting real wars as opposed to being enlisted in culture wars by the Democrats in charge of the Department of Defense and at the White House. So I hope that just the sunlight itself will help solve the problem. Uh, but if it doesn't, we may need to take further action. And that further action we were talking about was uh, military officers have to have their commissions approved by the United States Senate. And as he was talking about, there's not that many general officers and it will be quite. It would be quite easy to scrutinize uh, those officers who are being advanced for promotion if they have a track record of uh, pushing this leftist agenda that this administration is forwarding through our military. Is that, uh, in your opinion, as a retired three-star general, is that an effective repo- approach? It absolutely is, and we've used it before here within our coalition. We've used that before, John McCain. He probably had a lot of flaws, but the one thing that he was uh, he was very helpful on with us was uh, if we took him the name of somebody that we'd said, this person has infringed on the liberties of his soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines, coast guardsmen, 
then he would br- he would bring his uh, his general counsel in, and he would say this name, flag this name for me, and what that meant was the next promotion list that came out for a brigadier all the way you know up up to three stars, the fourth star you know you is, is not really a promotion board, but he would say. Uh, let me know if this name is on that. And that is a way to stop a person that should not be promoted from getting promoted to the general officer ranks, flag officer ranks. But it's also a way to demonstrate that you're very serious about what you're doing. And that's what Tom Cotton is doing right now. He's letting the military know that he's serious about it. They can criticize him all they want to. And he is, I mean, he's a reservist. Yeah, but uh, he's not going to be—he's not going to be cowed on this thing. So, generally speaking, that's just a routine process where they're advanced up. Voice to, yeah, but what the the point that he's making, the point you've made, that John McCain did, is that if they're going to play these politics in the ranks of our military, uh, there are those of us who are watching, working with our allies on Capitol Hill, who may tag those individual colonels, lieutenant colonels, uh, one stars, could be the end of their career. It could be the end of their career. And and what it's saying is just because some selection board has chosen you for this next rank, uh, and the big one is from colonel to to general officer uh, or or captain to flag officer, uh, and, and... what they what they're saying is just because that board has chosen you does not necessarily mean you're going to be a general or an admiral. It has to go through Congress. That is their statutory responsibility, is to supervise, oversee the selection process for uh, general and flag officers as well as all other officer ranks. But generals and admirals are the key here. And look, you you got a you, you have a captain uh, uh, in the navy that has abused his people by infringing on their rights, or a colonel in the army, and and they know that their name could be put on the list by people making complaints because of what they've done to their chaplains as well as to the individual soldiers, sailors, airmen, and marines. That's serious business. And uh, and and look, I think Tom Cotton is sending a strong and powerful message. He's saying, I'll use this on you. I'll use this. You you abuse your people and infringe on their rights, and I will use this against you. Let me step back for a moment, uh, General Jerry Boykin, and, and ask you this question based upon what you've seen here just in the first uh, five months of the Biden administration. And I know you continue to communicate uh, with those within the ranks of our nation's military. Uh, our, and I know you were there during Bill Clinton's years, uh, you, so you've served under a lot of different presidents. For 36 years, you served in our nation's military. Are, are, what, what is the level of concern you have for our military today? Tony, I have never been more concerned about our military. I thought it was bad in the Obama years, but let me tell you, this is awful. This is terrible. And this... Uh, Look, I, I, I listened to Millie and, and what he said, and uh, and I, I just cannot believe that these people that have come up through, especially through the Army and the Marine Corps, where it's all about war fighting, you know. Right. And uh, and all of a sudden, it, it, it seems to me like they've jumped ship. It's all of a sudden, 
I mean, I, I will tell you, and this is a bold thing. I, I respect General Milley for his for his years of service. I really do. And I, uh, anybody that spent that much time serving this country, but at this point, I, I saw what he did there with uh, Congressman Walsh as being more theater. I, I didn't. I, I didn't. I didn't see a seriousness in that. And when he talked about white rage, what white rage? What is he talking about? White rage? I mean, look, I spent 36 and a half years in the military. I didn't see white rage in the military. I saw very little, very little racism at all in the military. And keep in mind, I came in in 1970, so we were still coming out of the 60s race wars and all. <clears throat> but I never saw white rage. And I don't know what he was talking about there. Well, this is the same general uh, who I think in that committee delved into politics. I mean, this is a political issue. This oh. is being pushed by the left. Uh, but this is the same general who, when uh, he stood next to uh, President Donald Trump uh, after the, the, the rioting in front of the White House and the, and the attack on St. John's Church, uh, and he was standing there with the president, he apologized for being mm -hmm. seen publicly with the president in uniform. Yeah, that's right because he needed to maintain his neutrality when it came to political issues. Well, if this is not a political issue, tell me what is. Yeah. What is a political issue? It's it, uh, disturbing. Uh, General, I want to thank you for joining us. As always, great to talk with you. Good to be with you. All right. Uh, well, folks, I'm going to switch gears very quickly before we run out of time. Uh, yesterday we talked about this. Uh, Louisiana's governor, uh, my home state, uh, Governor John Bell Edwards, vetoed the Fairness in Women's Sports Bill, which would protect female athletes from being forced to compete against biological males. Uh, House Speaker uh, Clay Snakeshider uh, has announced he wants to uh, reconvene the legislature mid-July to override the governor's veto. Now, this is a little bit more difficult than most states. to be the first time, actually, I think, in, uh, in, uh, since the state adopted a new constitution in the 70s, that the legislature would call itself back into session and override a governor's uh, veto. But here to give us the latest on this and how you can help is uh, Gene Mills. He's the president of the Louisiana Family Forum and a longtime uh, friend. Gene, welcome to the program. Thank you, Tony. It's good to be with you. All right. Give us the latest on this effort uh, to have a veto session, a veto override session. Well, apparently, Governor John Bell Edwards has underestimated the people of Louisiana and specifically the legislature. They feel strongly that Beth Mizell and uh, her, her counterpart in the House felt very strongly that a Women's Fairness and Sports Act should go forward and it passed by a bipartisan, overwhelming majority. Uh, the governor made the statement in his veto address that this was an unnecessary measure and that he felt that those who classified or self-identify as transgender are already fragile and that this would somehow threaten uh, a position or a status that they enjoy. Uh, we don't disagree with the governor on the fact that there is some fragility involved. It's just that we used to propose medical intervention, not the sort that would do surgeries or radical interventions, but coaching, counseling, and psychiatric care. I mean, it is a dysphoria. It's still classified as a dysphoria. He vetoed the bill. Clay Shake Snyder came out almost immediately and said there ought to be a veto override. The Senate right now is grappling with that. We simply need 53 members in the House to say yes. There's momentum there. 
We need 20 members of the Senate to say yes. And by yes, they simply don't return the veto ballot. Those ballots will go out on July 5th or 6th. There's 10 days for them to decide. Meetings are occurring as we speak. Last night late, there was a meeting of the Senate uh, delegation. Uh, we picked off about four senators that were hard-nosed before. Tony, we're up to 16 or 17 votes right now. All right, very quickly, uh, Gene, before we run out of time, what can folks in Louisiana do to help? If they would like to go to our website, they can press the action button, and it kind of takes them through a prepackaged message that will go straight to their senator and to their representative, and it helps us to encourage our lawmakers that people back home are not pleased with the decision. They would like a veto override. All right, we'll certainly encourage folks to do that. And uh, Gene Mills, great job down there in Louisiana. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Tony. Appreciate it. You too. All right. Uh, Gene Mills, president of the Family uh, Forum there in Louisiana. So if you're in Louisiana, go to the Family Forum website. You can find the link at TonyPerkins.com. But if you're there, take action. Your state senator and your state representative need to hear from you. It makes a difference, I can tell you. I know from experience. All right, folks, thanks so much for joining us. We're out of time. Again, check out the website, boot camp information there for next Tuesday. We still have our team standing by to take your phone call if you would like to partner with the Family Research Council. That number, 800-200-800. Let me get it. I lost it. Where is it? Hold on. Don't leave. Don't go anywhere. 800-225-4008. Long day. All right, until next time, I leave you with the encouraging words of the Apostle Paul found in Ephesians 6, where he says when you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed, when you've prepared, and when you have taken your stand, by all means, keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener-supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234. 